Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and every week I lead you through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond, bringing you stories of the amazing people in and around the barbecue culture. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen in. I appreciate the gift of your time, and I hope I can entertain you for a little bit. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. And now, on with this week's show. Hello, Eat More Barbecue family, and thank you for tuning in. This is episode number 158 of Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast. You know, I've never hidden the fact that I'm a Weber guy, and I love cooking on my two Weber grills, and I have a great appreciation for the quality they put into their products. With all that said, I am very excited to have Chef Michael P. Clive, one of Weber Canada's two grill masters, on the show this week. Michael Clive, along with Chef Damien Chong, bring the magic of cooking on Weber Grills alive for online audiences, online audiences, and in person at the Ontario-based Weber Grill Academy and the Mobile Grill Academy that brings the classes across the country. One of us had a bit of a wonky internet connection, so there's a bit of lag here and there. I do uh, doing my best to get uh, edit it all out, but I do apologize for any audio issues. Have you checked out After the Cook Live on YouTube every Tuesday and also in podcast form on all of your favorite podcatchers? Eat More Barbecue Digital Media is pleased to be helping with production of the podcast version of the show. To find out how Eat More Barbecue Digital Media can help you with consulting, recording, voice work, or full production, email us at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. That music you're hearing in the background is one of two new original compositions by my friend Alan Horbin who has graciously provided all of the music you hear on this podcast. Check him out on YouTube. That's Alan with one L, Horabin, H-O-R-A-B-I-N. He's a great guy and a very talented musician, and I, and musician, and I do appreciate his support of the show. This portion of the Eat More Barbecue podcast is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you switch providers, nothing changes about the delivery of those utilities to your home or business. If you have an existing contract, you're going to want to find out the terms before leaving. If you don't, then it's even easier to sign up for Park Power. You, as the consumer, have the choice of who you pay your bills to. Why not choose your local, friendly utilities provider? Learn more at parkpower.ca. Welcome back, everybody, another episode of the podcast. And for those of you that uh, listen regularly and follow me on social media, you know I am an unabashed uh, Weber guy. So very excited to have joining me here today from Weber Canada, one of the Weber Grill Masters, Chef Michael P. Clive. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show. How are we doing today? I'm good, Ryan. Thanks for having me. And, and, uh, and happy birthday. I, I, it's your birthday today, so I really appreciate you taking a bit of time out of the, your day to join me here. So that's awesome. Thank you. Oh, a day a day celebrating my birthday and talking barbecue is a, a day of joy for me. Seems so are, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, before we kind of get into a little bit of your background and history, a uh, question I've been asking everybody is, what does barbecue mean to you? For me, okay, so, you know, how much time do we have, by the way? As um, much time as uh, as much time as we want. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, well, barbecue to me, I mean... Whenever I smell barbecue, it's a smell of nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I know there are a lot of people out here 
who are listening who were raised in families that, you know, served a lot of great barbecue. I I was raised in a family that did, you know, really good barbecue. Yeah. Maybe not the, the, you know, they didn't embellish in the slow and low so much, but right. really great steaks and burgers. So when I when I think of barbecue, I think of um, I think of growing up, and I think of my family, and I think a lot of other people feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I think barbecues. I mean, I went to French culinary school, so barbecue is like the furthest thing away from the the stuffiness of, of French culinary school. For sure. But yep. it is the most fun form of cooking. I can't think of another form of cooking that brings people so in. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, so talk about that. You uh, culinary school. Where did you kind of get your Cooking inspiration uh, from where did that uh, where did that come from? I love it. I love that there's no time limit here. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it all. Yeah, absolutely. Normally, it's always like you know, let's do this. No, no, um, we got as much as we okay, need. Okay, so awesome. Grew up in London, Ontario. Um, London, Ontario, yeah. southern southwestern Ontario, yeah. and uh, growing up there, we had. First of all, my grandmother, my grandmother on my dad's side, she was a chef in the army, okay, the U.S. Army. Um, so she was an American girl, mm-hmm. and uh, but my dad was born in Canada, and I was too. And uh, London, Ontario had a culinary school, okay. and my guidance counselor in high school said I needed to either go to the military, not for cooking, um, or I needed to go to culinary school because he knew I, I think I had liked food in high school okay. or something, yeah. and uh, he noticed it. And that was that. And so I checked out a program night, you know, where the, the students are cooking and serving. And right, I went right. there, came back the next day. And I said, I think I really like that, but I'm not going to go to culinary school for a little while. I'm going to finish high school and then I'm going I'm to stick with this band that I'm playing with. Right. And, uh, and then maybe if that doesn't work out, I'll go to culinary. Mm-hmm. And he was, without a doubt, Len Lesser. I don't know who out there can remember their guidance counselor's name, but I can. Yeah. Uh, Len Lesser. Mm-hmm. Had had it on the money, yeah. nail nail on the head. So yep. anyway, that was uh, London, Ontario, Fanshawe College, French based, like primarily French cooking, right. um, under the tutelage of my mentor Alan Kerr. Okay, excellent. And then uh, from there, what was kind of the progression in the uh, the culinary world for you? It's it's been a it's ongoing. It's this yeah. journey that just continues to unfold around every corner. Yep. Um, when I left culinary school, I started my own catering company. I did that for a couple of years. You know, going into people's homes. Yeah, I worked in restaurants, but I was also trying to get this catering thing going. Right. And it started going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Started promoting it on a local morning show at the time. Every every town had a a local morning show, right. like a TV show. Yeah. And I started cooking on it. Next thing I know, I'm like figuring out how to speak on TV and cook at the same time right. and realizing that in itself is a art form, I guess. Like we were just talking um, about drumming. But I did with, it. Uh, and yeah. then I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing, doing two different things, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I worked, I worked under some great chefs, but, you know, I'm not sure those are the same chefs that would be able to, you know dance the tightrope of mm-hmm. make it entertaining at the same time. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I worked in restaurants, had a catering company, got a call to come and do the morning show in Toronto. We have, I had a breakfast television. It was like two mm-hmm. weeks after nine 11. 
um, which was really awkward because my catering company was called Great Balls of Fire. Ooh. And I had a gentleman at the show pull me aside and say, You're, the name of your catering company is terrible. Um, no one had planned on... It's a song yeah. from Jerry yeah. Lee Lewis. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but I did that. And that opened up a bunch of, you know, going to Toronto, just like a band going to Toronto and playing, you know, the Horseshoe Tavern and somebody seeing them that night. Yeah. I got home in my answering machine. That was back in the day, like before cell phones. Mm-hmm. And I got home and there was like an answering machine, you know, all sorts of interesting concepts to do with cooking and talking. Right. So next thing I know, I'm in Toronto. It's a long story, man. Yeah, like, no, it's great though. That's uh, go all day it's interesting to hear that. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you know what it was in culinary school. I really enjoyed talking about what it was that I was doing at the, you know, as at the same time as preparing food. And the dean of that program recognized that and gave me some opportunities. And I just have never said no to a good to an, like a decent opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that. It's done me pretty well, but yeah. I'm always curious what's on, on the other side of the, the door. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, I met a woman named Renee. I don't know. Are you familiar with Renee's Gourmet, the salad dressing company out there? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So she was, uh, we watched a cooking show that I did. And next thing I know, I'm corporate chefing and learning all about working in an office environment, being a chef. Mm-hmm. Um, and realized that I, I think I can communicate with people like that yep. as well as people in the food world um and so uh, i don't know just kind of learned that and then over the years it's just been about barbecue it's just mm-hmm. like my focus kept on coming back to simpler making things sort of and i had a deep fascination in what happens to proteins when you hit them with enough heat at a low temperature for a long period of time right um you know the the whole breaking down of collagen and making yeah. a what was once a peasant cut yeah dance on your dinner plate that's right you know what yeah. i mean yeah um but nothing is a peasant cut anymore unless oh, you're into tripe yeah. you know like the brisket the pork shoulder yep. ribs pork ribs are as much as a brisket in some parts of this uh north america right now yep. so you know barbecue places are having to change their prices people don't want to pay uh, what they would pay for a brisket for a, a you know baby back ribs, mm-hmm. and more and more people are becoming very good at doing backyard barbecue. Yeah. Um, whether it be what they're they're learning on TV or in books or the gear that they're using, mm-hmm. I would say that good gear helps your game uh, yeah. really well. And I, I couldn't be luckier working for Weber. I no mean, doubt. Yep. I'm going on eight years of Weber. Wow. Eight. And it's been probably one of the best things ever. Um, the people I met, the things I've learned, um, the food I've eaten, yeah. the places I've traveled. It's without a doubt eye-opening. Yeah. Um, and I get asked all the time, Ryan, not asked, I get told, like, it's one of the greatest, you know, things to be able to get up and barbecue every day. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Every day. Yeah. So how did the Weber kind of, how did the Weber gig kind of come to be? I was, it was 2014, and my, uh, how do I put this? My first marriage crumbled, and I crawled back to Toronto, mm-hmm. and I was running a test kitchen called Clive's Test Kitchen. All right. Clive's Test Kitchen, where <laughs> we would have, you know, companies come in, me and, you know, one or two other people, and we would 
perform demonstrations with their food item. Okay. So let's imagine some company, say a company, you know, that uses a lot of like butter. Uh, let's imagine they came in my home and shot a commercial. Right. Okay. So I would do all the behind the scenes. They'd bring in a host. If they didn't have a host, I could probably do it. Yeah. My hair was shorter. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, they, I did that for about a year. And then I got a call from a, a woman that I met 20 years ago. She worked for Weber. She was in charge of their PR for Canada. Her name is Teresa Stahl. She's an, just a wonderful person. Yep. And she called me up and she said, look, I really want you to meet somebody who uh, has been working for Weber in Canada now for three years. And he's got a dream. He's got a vision. Mm -hmm. And so we met. His name's Tony. He's actually the GM of Weber Canada. And he, he showed me pictures of Weber Grill Academies, indoor grilling schools right. from all around the world. Yep. Particularly places in Europe. Mm -hmm. And my jaw was on the ground i was trying in this meeting i was you know trying to keep myself composed yeah. but i was in the i knew i was in the room where i wanted to be yep. i mean weber when you think of grilling and barbecue i mean it's hard not to to think of weber there i mean over yep. 70 years in the game and so i'm looking at grill academies indoor grilling schools knowing i won in one day want to open up maybe my own school of, of some kind and um I couldn't say no. It was yeah. all like, let's do this here in Canada. Mm -hmm. We can do it in eight months. I I couldn't believe that. And yep. so we did it. Yep. There we were, like, driving on the road to the building. And then imagine the two of us kicking our heels into the gravel, yep. you know, going, this is where the hood system will be. And it'll be six, 16 feet long. Yep. And, and it just... And we'll load it up with charcoal smokers and gas grills. And we did that. And the whole time, Ryan, I'm going, we're building field of dreams for grillers. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Are they going to come? Mm -hmm. Are they going to want to do this? Yep. And I'm telling you, almost eight years, thousands of people over eight years have come through, whether it be for a basics class, intermediate smoking. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, theme classes, they all, they've come through. It's been awesome. Yeah. But I, I haven't done it alone. I mean, it was the general manager, Tony. It was yeah. Teresa Stahl. It was our marketing team. It was Damien Chong, Damien, our yeah. other grill master. Yeah. And if you don't know Damien well, mm -hmm. uh, one should get to know him. Yeah. Is the, I've never worked with anybody as long as I've worked with Damien. And he's just amazing. Yeah. Um, talk about like a cerebral chef, you know. Okay. Um, and kind of like a human Google machine when it comes to culinary. So, yeah. Anyway, you should interview him. I'll have to get him on as well. Yeah, you sounds uh, just watching the two of you. You definitely you've got a great dynamic, and looks like you certainly have a lot of fun uh, working together. So, yeah, well, you'd have to ask him that. Um, <laughs> I know I have fun yeah. working with him. Yeah, awesome. I I think it's, it's like Daryl Hall and John Oates yeah, right. uh, at times. You know, it's the coolest thing about working with. And is the coolest thing is that I could say, Ryan, I could say something like, Hey, do you remember that time we went to Calgary? And then the next words out of his mouth will be, Oh, you mean the guy that wanted only the fat off the brisket and, and then threw it between two slices of bread? Yeah. I'm like, Yeah, that's exactly the guy. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah. You know, he can, and we're on that level now. There's like a telepathic thing. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yep. You're on the kind of the same wavelength for sure. So. So what, um, yeah. what, I mean, our tastes in food 
Go ahead. Where we going? No, oh, I was just going to say. I mean, but our interests in food are different, and I think that's sure. where we kind of, you know, end up playing nicely yeah. together. He's his flavor profiles are all over. They're very, very uh, multicultural. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves to travel, and I guess mine have become a little more less about French and more about just soul satisfying. You know, right. um, comforty. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I interrupted you. No, no, not at all. I was going to ask kind of if, if there's such a thing, what uh, what does a typical day at the Weber Grill, Grill Academy look like? Pre-COVID? Yeah, I guess, yeah, pre-COVID and hopefully uh, hopefully before long here. So. Yeah, well, I can tell you, a, a typical day in the Grill Academy, I can't wait to get back there. I mean, we, we are slowly going back there, but we will not. I don't see us opening the doors and teaching classes just yet. No. Um, but before COVID, we were doing it three, four nights a week. Right. Damien, myself, Jennifer, who is like the administrator for our Grill Academy, the three of us with, um, you know, Rosie and Ryan, some good like support staff, mm-hmm. we would put on the Ritz. Yeah. You know, we would have people come in, sign in, uh, a nice social area, and then we'd, we'd we conduct a class, a uh, three-hour program, mm-hmm. four courses, all hot off the grill, always a dessert, um, charcoal, gas, we touch it all. Uh, people have a really great time. They sit down, they eat together. You can see how the challenges will be now moving forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then, we'd spend the daytime testing grills, playing with grills, writing recipes. Uh, and now, you know, since the pandemic broke, uh, we all we do is shoot videos about cook grilling mm-hmm. and uh, interview people about grilling. Like I, when the we got sent home back last March, yeah, as two marches ago now, yeah, yeah. and we spent I spent three days borderline biting my nails, um, trying to like figure out okay we're at home now and we're unable to teach people, which is what we did a lot of before, and so. I went on you. What did I do? I went on Instagram one night, hit the live button. Mm-hmm. Woo. Next day I'm in a meeting and I'm, I'm debriefing everybody what had happened the night before, how all these people tuned in talking barbecue. And then it was just like Tony and, and, um, and some people, you know, at Weber there just gave us the keys to the car and said, why don't you guys go on there more often and right. start going on there on both Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so we were, yeah. All of a sudden, you know, there we were for March, April, May, June, July, like shooting out of our backyards, our kitchens. Yep. It was like Wayne's World uh, meets cooking, yep. as we've called it a few times. Mm-hmm. And um, and we did like Damien and I'd have a little back and forth, grill something together, yep. take questions. Uh, it was like having a what do you call it? Like a uh, college radio station or a local you know, yep. talk show. It was yep. awesome. It yeah. was really, really cool. And we speaking to a lot of people. Yeah, no, I did too. And I was able but to, that's the typical day. Now you did, I was able to tune into a couple of the Facebook event, live events there. So that, yeah, it's great the way you guys were working it. So do what you uh, do what you can to make it work at, uh, with the kind of the difficult situation we're all in. So I apologize if I made any, Anybody dizzy because there are times where you're picking that camera up because you're one person yeah. and you're zooming in on food and then twirling it around and talking to the yeah. it was you needed some patience I think to get through some of it but it was fun yep now we're kind of uh, getting I just was on Friday writing 
revamping menus, looking at new menus for moving forward, how it's all going to work. Um, trying to get my head wrapped around the new, I don't know, I'm getting tired of hearing it, the new normal. Yeah. But there are a lot of news to the normal. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. here in Alberta, we're, uh, as our premier has said, we're open for the summer. So they've kind of basically lifted all of the, essentially all of the restrictions here now. So we're uh, not sure if that's a good thing or not. But I saw that. I yeah. saw that. Little, I saw that just in time for um, yes. Stampede. Stampede, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Coincidence. Can't, can't have one of those go by with <laughs> another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, here uh, in Ontario. When, when we hear about the stampede happening, a lot of the people that are involved in the CNE, mm. you know, the Canadian National Exhibition, yep. and they aren't doing it. They called that one months ago. Yeah. But now that there's, I think there are a lot of people who are like, oh my gosh, you know, look at everybody kind of opening up again. Mm. Um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully the world can, can stay that way, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's uh, we'll see what happens with that, I guess. So, And then, uh, obviously, pre-COVID as well, you had the mobile grill academy that you kind of took across country right Ooh, man did you catch any of those I, I've shows never i've not been able to yet so Whew, i'm yearning yeah there is a fire burning inside of me yep to get back in there and meeting the people and grilling together mm. and we would take we would take a bunch of a bunch of weber genesis grills we would take some weber summit grills we'd take some master touch charcoal kettles with us mm -hmm. we would load up a bunch of like sprinter vans andre was one of our like tour managers andrew gibson was mm -hmm. our other uh tour manager one went east one went west and damien and i just put on our parachutes and hopped yep. on planes yep and just popped into all these different we didn't actually have parachutes but hey. we went <laughs> we popped into all these cities and did all these shows mm -hmm. where we would do 30 people under a big top tent yep. and then we'd tear it down like the four of us yeah. would and put on our muscle shirts and as people are done their dinner and leaving we would tear it down and then go to the next city and um and i loved it yeah. i loved it it felt like it felt like being in a band again yeah i was gonna uh, say yeah the way you describe it it's very much uh, uh band like right yes one of the one of the fond memories I have of that tour is, well, would be like getting ramping up for it. Damien and I one day just feeling so exhausted from all the planning and sitting out front of the Grill Academy and the two of us just staring at our feet and like being days away from starting the tour mm -hmm. and wondering, oh my gosh, what are we, what are we in store for? <laughs> I remember putting my arm around him and saying, if it's anything like the things I've seen in my previous lifetime, you and I are about to have a great adventure together. Yep. And we came back and we were just, I mean, we were, we were missing it. It's yeah. one of those things where you're tired while you're doing it because you are working, you know, 15 hour days, which mm -hmm. working in kitchens, yeah. not a, that's, that's nothing unique, but you know, you go from, you go from like a food person to a teacher food person to then like a carnival worker mm -hmm. to, um, to then just like knocked out tired and, and you do it again the next day. But yeah. there's something so gratifying about it. I think it was just all the food we grilled, all the people we met, and and like I, I feel like they'll be there again. Yeah. you know, when we come back. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, within yeah. the next year or so, we can uh, see stuff like that happening again here, right? Well, being that it's outside, yes. Um, one would hope 
you know, fingers crossed being that it's, you know, if we're held to indoor restrictions, this is not one of them. Yeah. So, but I got to say, I'm not really in a hurry to be teaching with a mask on. Yeah. That makes it a little challenging. Eh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like part of, you got to read my lips. Otherwise you might just hear my lips. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, we've got uh, we've got KCBS barbecue competitions happening here in Alberta uh, this Ooh. summer. So if those are allowed, then kind of what you guys are talking about should be uh, not far behind, right? So, oh, I would, fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, everybody needs um, everybody needs to have some fun this summer. Absolutely. And I can think of things like barbecue. Mm. Those are that's that to me is the epitome of summer. You know. Yep. Indeed. Barbecue and family. Yeah, indeed. So what's happening? Uh, what's new at Weber? Ah, well, let's see. Uh, you know what? We've been doing a lot of grilling on Traveler. It's a new Weber grill that's perfect for the person who wants, you know, gourmet grilled food on the go. Okay. So if you're used to having, like, great steaks and burgers in your backyard, you can be rest assured you are going to have that same experience when you're on the road. And it, it's a big grill surface, Ryan. So, you know, when, when we went away, rented an RV, took this grill with us, it was just my, my wife and I and our pets. But, mm. you know, you're able to get four to five cobs of corn on one side, four to five patties on the other, meaning nobody's really waiting for mm. their food. Sometimes at those campfire cookouts, people, there's some people always kind of waiting to yep. eat with the other. Yep. Wherever traveler or... You know, how about the Genesis EX Smart Grill? So smart grilling technology. Right. Yep. We saw it in smoke fire, you know, with the the way we would, you know, probe our food and monitor our food. And with smoke fire, there's all sorts of capacity to, to monitor temperature. But with our Genesis 2 grill mm-hmm. that now has the EX technology, you can't control the temperature, but that's not what it's about. It's about monitoring your food. Right. And inside Weber Connect, this technology there's recipe videos, uh, all the recommendations for doneness, whether it be from pork, chicken, fish, sea, you know, beef, all of that is covered. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, you know, for a griller like yourself, a griller like myself, we get a lot out of knowing our temperature reading. So, right. you know, probing it and just keeping an eye, you know, on the temperature, having the little alerts, let us know when it's almost done. Yeah. That's handy. Yeah. Others might find it really handy, though, to have, you know, the video on how to have the best burger, you right. know, or Absolutely. how to have the best pork tenderloin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in there, too. And how about, like, it's always getting updated. I, I There's always, you know, new recipes being added to it. And um, I'm hoping my hands get in one of these recipe videos. <laughs> get you in there. Real. Yep. Real soon. Um, yep. So if it's not that, it's... Um, you know, I, I mentioned smoke fire mm. has, has become, you know, a, a grill that I, I've got ribs actually smoking away right now. I'm doing one of these like PB and J concepts with ribs right now. Okay. I'm, I'm shooting a segment here in my home on two things. One, will it grill or should it grill? And then the other is uh, pairings that might not seem so, you know, people are like, peanut butter and jelly or jam on ribs interesting you can make that work yep you can make that work pork and peanut that combination that works really nicely mm-hmm. and then who i mean most barbecue sauces there's a real sweet component yep. to it yeah i can so see it i'm playing around with that i'm using you know some a grill master blend on my pellet so uh i think that the smoke fire is a good grill 
for those people who want, you know, really great barbecue without the babysitting, you know, and the modifications made to smoke by the babysitting is, um, is done with. Right. So that was yeah, something I was going to, we, I, I was going to talk about it was the smoke fire. And, uh, when mm. it, uh, when it initially released, there were some, uh, as with any new product often that comes out, there's some, uh, some issues that I know Weber has corrected. So I don't know if you can address that at all and talk about where, where the smoke fire is at now. I think one of the, the most surprising things about Smokefire, because I remember when Smokefire came out, uh, there were we were we were learning really quickly how everybody kind of manages their grill differently, mm-hmm. you know. Um, for example, I'm I'm a big drip pan guy. Um, prob- I don't know, maybe it's because I just don't want to have to always pull everything out of my grill and give it a deep clean. Right. You know the pain I'm talking about when you take a whole chicken and you put it on say your kettle mm-hmm. and you do not put a drip pan below it. Yep. The pain that you will feel the smell that you will, you know, take in the yep. next day yeah. uh, or a few days later, why bother put yeah. a drip pan? And so I think what we were finding is that everybody was kind of doing their own thing with the smoke fire. And there, there was, you know, there were also some issues, I think, with an auger mm-hmm. and a welded chute, which we've addressed. Yep. And then let's also admit that, you know, we had not dipped our toes in the IoT, you know, the Internet of Things, uh, okay. the mashup of grills. Right. And so uh, I think it was just we, we all learned a bunch of things from it. Mm-hmm. And and we none of us wanted to turn our back on it. And and we wanted to address it. And yeah. So now what we have is a great grill, yeah. um, one that people... You know, can you know Weber stands for? There is a thing with Weber where people associate it to quality, reliability, mm-hmm. and an overall great experience. Yep. You know, and I can talk about other things like customer service and whatnot, but I mean, those are the things that have made this the grill company around. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. And so with that, we have to have all of our products be that way. Yeah. And that is why Fire is that way now. That is why our Genesis EX Smart Grill is, is you know, how do they put it? Rising up the charts. Yep. Everybody's catching on to it. Yep. And, and the Traveler Grill. I mean, if it's going to have the Weber badge, and it's it's got to have the quality. And I, I mm-hmm. feel I feel really good about it. So yep. well, it was, you know, it was a funny, it was, last year was just funny all around. A pandemic, yeah. no less, yeah. in there. And then how about that? You know, you, you put in a pandemic, you put in this new grill, and then everybody's staying home and looking at their backyard differently. Yeah. And um, I'm telling you, there was a lot of grilling going on oh, last yeah. year. Yep. A lot. Yep. Whether it be on a pellet, charcoal, or gas, mm-hmm. everybody was grilling. Yep. And Social media. Of, yeah. Oh. Like, and lots of people out there using money that they would have otherwise spent on vacations and different things on new grilling equipment. Right. So you had a, uh, bringing yeah. out a new product, you're uh, a big intake. And, uh, the, yep. the, the problem was if you had, if you figured out by July of last year that you wanted to maybe reinvest in your backyard, maybe yeah. some new lawn patio furniture, yeah. umbrellas, yeah. Forget it. gas <laughs> grills, charcoal grills, pellet grills. Yeah. It was going to be a challenge. Yeah. And then, you know, there was all the, what's 2021 going to look like? You know, mm-hmm. will, did everybody just buy a grill? Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden we saw people, you know, again, 
retreating to their their own backyards yep. and um and maybe if you didn't get a grill last year you got one this year yep. so i don't know um i guess the question will be what will next summer bring yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what uh what people are doing if uh you know the they've realized uh, maybe staying home and doing stuff in the backyard is the way to go or if that hunger to get out uh, uh overtakes that right so I know some guys who love their grilling and yeah. love their backyards. Yep. And they also love places like Mexico yeah. and uh, Cuba yep. and Bahamas. Yeah. And and uh, it's funny. Actually, I know a lot of people who not only love traveling those places, they have grills that they've acquired, Weber grills that they've left at these places okay. that they're at. Right. And so like, it's not good enough that they... Like, it's not good enough that they have a timeshare mm. with a grill. It's got to have a Weber grill. You know, it's yep. like that's what they're using. And so um, I, I get a kick out of it. I'll, whenever I go anywhere, I'm always walking around, looking at balconies. And I'm a tall guy, so I can look over fences <laughs> far too easily. Yep. And um, I see it all the time. And now my wife does it with me. She'll be like, there is a kettle. Yep. And she's she's not as bad as I am where I'll be like, that's a longhorn or uh Oh my God, that's a wishing well. Right. Or, uh, you know, cause Weber's put out some eclectic mm-hmm. kettle yep. uh, over the, you know, the years. Yep. So that's awesome. No, I can, uh, I've got my Weber Genesis silver propane that, uh, it's probably pushing silver. 18, 19 years old. Uh, uh, the igniter still works on it. So that just, uh, if that says it all, I've had to replace a couple things over the years, but, uh, Overall, it's just a tank and keeps going. And I've had my kettle for a couple of years now and just love it. So, so I got to ask you, is, yeah. is it because you take care of the silver? Is it that you took care of it? Or is it just that it's built like a tank? I think it's more because I don't even always get it covered up before snow or rain comes. Uh, so I think it's just really well built. And honestly, the only things I've had to replace uh, was the hose and the regulator. And I've replaced the flavorizer bars once just because they, you know, they're going to wear out. Right. So. Yeah. Those are pretty standard. Exactly. Things. Yeah. The flavorizer bars, you're kind of a person kind of fooling themselves if, if, if they think that over 20 years of yeah. time, those flavorizer bars are right over top of the burners yeah. and they do, they do the job of four different items, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they protect your burners. They, yep. they, you know, when the grease drippings fall off your food, they hit the flavorizer bars and with the lid down over your food, it envelops your food with the, you know, the smoky aromas, but then they're also good for reflecting heat. So you have, you know, you don't have a hot spot, yep. you know, it's all even distributed heat. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's funny how many companies have flavorizer bars today, yeah. Yeah. um, or they don't call them that they call them sure. like flavor waves or something, yeah. but, um, it's funny, the technology, I mean, that grill that you have, the first version of it was born in 1985. Okay. And I remember hearing Jim Steven, the son of George Steven, the founder right. of the company, yep. has a number of children. And Jim Steven, at a big meeting a few years ago, got on stage, and it was like sort of like a TED Talk. And uh, he was speaking with Mike Kempster. And these two guys, Mike Kempster and Jim Steven, they were there in the you know, 60s and 70s and 80s and really grew the company. And, right. and and I mean, really grew the company. And Jim would talk about, you know, how nervous he was the night before the first, you know, uh, Genesis being released because they right. had never gone into 
a rectangular shaped grill before. Okay. Yep. This was crazy, mm-hmm. uh, some level, you know. And um, I think, as the story goes, George just had faith in his in, in his family and mm-hmm. in the ideas. And you know, what was before the Genesis? A lot of if it was a gas grill, maybe they used lava rock. And we all know what lava rock does. I remember those. It was yeah. Oil, and then you get you get thermal events happening with lava rock, you know, where, well, I shouldn't say thermal event, but you do get a lot of flare ups. And, um, and so it was just, you know, there he was, Jim was building the grill the night before they were putting it out to the world just to kind of, you know, go through it one more time. Yep. See what this Make is sure, all about. Yeah. Yep. Make sure. And, uh, I thought that was just fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. that, you know, that it's, uh, it's a, it's a innovation is a work in progress. Yeah. No, it's yeah. uh, I'm uh, so, so we're talking about quality and ju- jumping back to the smoke fire. Um, I've got my my two Webers, my kettle and my gas grill. I've got a, a charcoal or stick burning offset that I use uh, for longer smokes when I have the time. I, I have not gone down the kettle or no, sorry, the uh, the pellet grill uh, road yet. Um, in my mind, it's something that's going to happen. Yeah. So, so uh, Michael, I'm going to ask you to put on your, your salesman hat here and tell me why the smoke fire would be the better choice over the other brands that are out there. Okay. Well, how about a lot of uh, pellet grills are a great item to have when you're doing, say, ribs, pork shoulder, long, slow, low cooks. Right. There are a lot of them that, that really have figured that out, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, what I think we wanted to do, or not think, we did, what we wanted was an all-in-one, a grill that could be also the grill du jour should you want to go and do your burgers and your steaks, the quick cooks, the hot and fast, the things under 20 minutes that need a high temperature. Right. Uh, and so that is where, that that that's sort of where, like I'm using it a lot of these days to do the fast cooks. And I right. kind of thought it was going to become the grill that I would do kind of set it, forget it, and get my ribs going, right. you know? Yep. It does that, and I'm doing that, but mm-hmm. it's kind of, it can also be that other grill. And then have a, you know, that's nice to get a little woodsy aroma underneath a sear mm-hmm. uh, on, say, your steaks or your burgers. So, and then beyond that, then I would say it, it has a lot to do with the way the Weber Connect speaks to my phone. Right. I'm able to control what is happening in my grill. It's like having eyes there using the phone mm-hmm. and web connect and I can use that Bluetooth or Wi-Fi now, which is amazing. Um, and competitive, you know, like we've got to, we've got to be doing at least what, whatever, you know, what the other companies have right. to offer. Um, and so I would say it's that it's your hot and fast. It's your slow and low. It's your woodsy aroma right. on your food, yeah. uh, the simplicity. And then that brain that is Weber connect. Right. And how so, and I've I've seen a little bit about it, but how are they? How are you guys with that? Getting the hot, the hot and fast using the pellet. What's the what's the technology or the setup in there that's allowing you to do that? So we talked about it earlier, and that's a great question. How do we how do we get this hot? How yeah. do we get steering hot temps yeah, in the, a pellet? Yeah, the fire and the smoke fire, right? Yeah, so we get we have the fire. It's coming up, you know, from where the glow plug is and where the pellets fall onto the glow plug area and ignite. 
but we talked about it and it's bing 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 all about those flavorizer bars mm-hmm. once again right if you look inside a smoke fire ryan mm-hmm. and everybody listening you're gonna see a series a series a series of flavorizer bars okay. from left to right and what happens is that all the fire that's coming up it's hitting the flavorizer bars and cascading underneath the flavorizer bars across the grill surface, giving it a blanket of heat. So okay. it's kind of just, again, the flavorizer bars aren't there to protect a burner this time. They are there to help reflect the heat, okay. the pitch that they're at, that mm-hmm. you know angle that they're at, in accordance to how they're aligned inside the grill, make it possible. And so uh, that's it. It's it's kind of like that. It's not like all of a sudden there's two more fire pots that are underneath. It's not like because again, you still have to be able to have a true indi- indirect zone mm-hmm. um, if you're going to be doing anything over 20 minutes of a cook time. Yeah. You know. Yep. That's the trick. It's your you, you got to have a your, the heat source has to still be able to put a, the the um, you know the output for a hot and fast. Right. So it, it, the magic in in it is the flavorizer bar. I'll okay. stop talking. No, no worries at all. So what sort of temperatures are you guys able to kind of get to normally uh, on a high end with the smoke fire? I can get that thing up to 550 if, like and more if I like want to just kind of push it a little yep. bit. But I generally don't grill my food any more than at 550, you know. Yeah. I'm not you're I'm not Ruth, you know, Ruth steak Chris right. Ru- Ruth, Ru- Ruth, Ruth Chris, Chris. Ru- yeah. yeah, those guys. Yeah, I'm not them. Yeah, uh, and they they like they're searing at what 800 degrees something or something. Yeah. Uh, no, so 550 is what I I generally push my smoke fire if I'm doing hot and fast, um, which is amazing. Yeah, and then being able to dial it down and do a slow and low, which reminds me of my my this the Kamado. All right, the Kamado, right. the Weber Kamado. Yep, that's. That's what that reminds me of, being able to fluctuate temperatures within yeah. one cook one day, you know, high, hot, hot, mm-hmm. or low, yeah. just because of the state of metal and air traveling in between. Yes. Oh. Yep. So one of my favorites. Yeah, I haven't uh, haven't had a chance to look at the Kamado, the Weber Kamado yet, but uh, hearing great stuff about it as well. So Between that grill, the Weber Kamado, and the Weber Connect, it's given me peace of mind when I go to bed. Yeah. Like when I'm doing my overnight cooks and I'm using those two items, yeah. I'm I'm set up. Yeah. I used to before I had, you know, the Kamado, yeah. which we used to call we there was another name for it, it was a summit uh, summit charcoal grill. Yeah. Because I think in our opinion it was like the you've climbed the mountain of charcoal grilling here. The summit, right? right? Okay. Yeah. It's like our summit gas grill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the premier grill. And yeah. so um premium grill and uh when i use both those items before when i use my smoky mountain cooker smoker i was getting up in the middle of the night all the time ryan i was running downstairs checking on the smoker probing my food temperature readings all the rest filling up my water pan yep crawling back into bed my wife is waking up because i smell like a bonfire Mm -hmm. yep now we're having conversations about why we can't get back to sleep and the choices we made and uh (laughs) Oh my gosh, yep. Weber Connect has now allowed that awkwardness to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, because now I get little ding, little alerts to my phone and just check the phone without anybody the wiser. Yep. And 
and then if there is a situation, you know, I'll get alerts telling me temperatures dropping, but I don't get that with, with a Kamado style grill, it's locked in, you yeah. know, I set the temperature with the damper on top and yep. the damper on the bottom. And it's, it, it's really good to go with the yeah. double wall. Yeah. So I don't know. I've got, I've got better rest. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. No, that's what it's all about, man. And that's where I'm at some point I going down the pellet grill Avenue for myself. It's going to be that where I, I don't have a day to sit there and, or an overnight to be feeding my stick burner, uh, every half hour, 45 minutes or whatever it is where I, I just want to be able to turn something on and go about my, get some sleep or go about my day a little bit. Right. So the only problem is if you crutch your ribs or you crutch your brisket or <laughs> yep. you crutch your pork, if you do any of that, then you still got to get up in the middle of the night oh, and yeah. do that. Yes. That's why you always make a spare room up yep. and that's where you retreat to yeah. when you're done. That. I've got a, so. a pop-up tent. I'll set it up in the backyard and I'll just sleep out there. So. And then you do the brisket walk yeah. the next day, yeah. which is, <laughs> yeah, it's a, a zombie look. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know about you either. I mean, I love brisket mm-hmm. and I love ribs and I love pork shoulder, but do you not suffer from, oh my gosh, I just spent 15 hours preparing this and now I've had two bites and I'm full. It, uh, I, I don't do the brisket enough to, to okay. have gotten there. So if okay. I, if I'll maybe once or twice a year, I'll, I'll do an overnight with a brisket. So I maybe haven't got to that point yet. So what I find is what I like to do is prepare a brisket mm-hmm. and then I let it rest for a really long time in a cooler with mm-hmm. a towel. Yep. And, um, and then what I'll do is I, I may wrap it in in like a or back seal it yep. you know and then chill it down yep and then they heat up some water mm-hmm. and then dunk my my lobe of meat that is back sealed into the water almost like a sous vide approach Just, yeah get it back warm and up. then back and my appetite for it the next day i don't know what it is maybe it's because you're just it's like when I worked in the restaurants, you know, French cooking, you're tasting and tasting and tasting and tasting and tasting. And by the end of a shift, you've had a three course meal almost, yeah, you know, yep. um, cause nothing left the kitchen without a tasting, right. you know, yep. um, with barbecue, it's like the smells and the, all, again, there's tasting going on. Yep. I get satiated sometimes just by all of the, the behind the scenes. Yeah. I see what you get. I gotcha. Yeah. All the little, uh, all the little samples, the chef samples, right? Yeah. Yep. So yeah. what's uh what's the strangest thing you've ever grilled or smoked? Scotch egg. Sorry? Did it not a scotch egg? Scotch egg. Have okay. you Yes, okay, sorry. Yep. You know, the sausage meat, yep. uh, the almost hard boiled egg. Uh instead of rolling it through, you know, an egg wash and breadcrumbs, which mm-hmm. is totally what I would have done twenty years ago. Right. And happily, you know, it just right up the field of that kind of stuff. Um, how about this? Wrapping it in bacon, right? Yep. Instead of the dredge, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Wrapping it in bacon and then slowly smoked on my smoke fire, actually. Yep. Renders all out, all the fat kind of crisps up, kind of like um, one of those Boston fatties, mm-hmm. you know, yep. sausage and the bacon. And uh, that's probably one of the weirder things. Scotch egg off the grill. Um, what's another weird one? I made poutine for my wife. She thought that was weird. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that's... What, what other answers have you had? Did you ever interview, like, Ted Reader? What did he say? Did no, he say, I haven't, like, uh, haven't talked to him. So. He'll tell you chicken hearts. He'll say yeah. something like, oh, I've chicken heard, hearts, yeah. 
Um, I love Ted. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like he goes deep on like it's like it's not just strip loins and mm-hmm. ribeyes with yeah. Ted. And I think that's what makes him, you know, one of Canada's the Godfather of the Grill. Yeah. You know? No, I heard him on uh, with Rob Tootsie a while back. Yeah. And he was going into the a lot of the wild game and the organ meats and everything. Yeah. If, uh, saying that, I recall him kind of, he was right into all that. Uh, oh, man. Last summer, he, cuts. He, he was grilling last summer chicken heads. And I laughed out loud <laughs> yeah. and, because it was just like, there's somebody out there doing chicken heads and probably making them taste so good. That's uh, Ted, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then um, if we're going to talk about like Canadian grillers, you know, I've been checking out after he, Rob Rainford, like years ago when I was in culinary school, I got out of culinary school and I think he had a culinary, he had a cooking show and was yeah. licensed to grill. And we hadn't in Canada really had a lot of grilling shows. So yeah. between Rob and Ted, I mean, those guys really know their stuff. Yeah. And then we got, uh, I know they do a lot of work with uh, Weber out in Ontario there, Maddie and Kiki. Yeah, Maddie and Kiki. Doing some uh, great stuff. And... Talk about like attacking that, you know, yeah. on, like the, the the real business. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, we I've joked with Maddie and Kiki. You know, it's such a barbecue for so many years seemed like this male dominated sport, and it's so awesome to see Maddie and Kiki breaking down these walls. Yep, um, and they do it with different, you know, different style. Um, so it's funny. They, they, I think they excite a bunch of different age groups mm-hmm. in the realm of um, barbecue. So it's really, they're just passionate people yep. Yep. Uh, and good hearts, good humans. I just turned 46 today, as we yes. all yep. discovered earlier. Yep. And as I get older, oh man, spending time with good people is where it's at. Because um, sure. we're not on this planet a long time. Uh, I'll stop getting heavy. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. So it is, as we record this, it's also uh, 4th of July for our uh, our friends down south, um, which uh, in, in a lot of circles down there means getting together with family and friends and barbecuing. Uh, what, are mm. some, what are some of your favorite things to throw on the grill or smoker for uh, a big event like that? Well, uh, ribs. Yep. I mean... Uh, funny i talked to my parents this morning and i was like what do you guys what did you guys do for canada they're like we did hot dogs it's canada day um, <laughs> so my parents were like we did hot dogs and i i, I was like I, it's funny as i woke up today craving a hot dog yeah. um but no ribs ribs are sort of what's happening for something like this you know an occasion like this ribs mm-hmm. and I, how about this what I'm noticing with all my friends that work for Weber in the U.S., I see a lot of ribs happening, a lot of steaks. I yep. see some guys spending the, the long weekend doing overnight cooks. You know, brisket is a special. It's a special cut of meat. You yep. know, it's a and if you take the time with it, boy oh boy, does it ever satisfy a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I don't know. I think you know, summertime, long weekends. I love the ribs. I love nice. the ribs. My wife, she loves seafood, okay. and so there's a lot of seafood going down on the grill. Yep. There's a lot. I mean, lobster tails we did when we took the traveler. Yeah, out. I saw that. Uh, uh, saw that little video with the lobster. So, oh man, yeah, that was killer weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got so much footage from that weekend. My wife, she does a lot of 
what do you what do you call it content creation i okay. guess yeah so we were we had our stuff and you know it seems like a lot of food is being prepared and documented at the same time i feel badly because i'll say hey do you feel like snack and she'll say sure and then two and a half hours later i'm serving the <laughs> snack and she's like what took so long and i'll say well i've got it all documented yes, let's go yeah. through it yeah um I can show you step for step what, yeah. what happened to you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we we went camping and maybe we kind of went a little bit crazy with the crab cakes and the lobster tails. Um, you haven't even seen the rest of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's coming. Yep. But well, keep your eyes up. You know, we've been cooped up and yeah. it was, a, you know, the our province allowed us to, you know, a couple days early go and do things like camping. Right. And so we had already our reservation had been pushed so many times so that uh, it finally happened. Yeah. Got to dig a day it. before the, a day before the rates were about to go through the ceiling. Oh, you got it. Um, got in and just in time. Eh? Oh, like it, <laughs> let's just say I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Had we gone a day later. Wow. Um, it's that bad. Yep. I mean, they were the, that different. Great. But, um, I can tell you, if you rent an RV during an, a mid peak season. Woo. Yes. Yeah, they're it's not cheap. And fun. Yeah, they're not cheap to uh, peak uh, and peak series a uh, peak season. They're not a not a cheap way to go. Now, I will tell you this: that if you do decide to rent an RV to, to go grilling, to go somewhere mm -hmm. awesome, and bring gourmet food, and turn your camping trip into a glamping trip, rent the biggest one they have. Yep. I'll tell you why. They cost the same as the mid-sized one. Um, but they are as easy to drive as a small one. Okay. All right. Meaning yep. you, you catch on really quick about wide turns and that's about it. Yep. Um, and so all my friends are always asking like, Hey, I've been thinking about doing that. How do you do it? You know, Oh, I can't drive the big one. No, you can drive that mm -hmm. 30 foot one. Yep. And it is commanding yep. on the road. Yep. Um, and it also chugs a lot of gaps. Yes. So make your destination no more than two hours away. Keep her, keep it short. Yeah, you know, uh, but it's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. Too many tangents? Am I on a No, tangent? this is great, man. That's great. Just, uh, I'm, I'm happy to talk barbecue with guys, so that's, uh, that's good. Um, before we kind of shut her down here, any uh, anyone you want to mention, shout-outs? Uh, you, you've mentioned a few of the folks that uh, kind of helped you along the way. Anyone else you want to throw a, a thank you out to while we got the moment here? Hmm. Yeah, actually, you know, I was cooking some briskets uh, not too long ago, and I was thinking about a guy named Kevin Coleman, yeah. and I was thinking about how a lot of what I know uh, when it comes to that particular cut of meat, I would uh, I would say that he he took the time and showed showed yep. me his you know tricks, tips, and techniques. Yep. So I'd say thank you to him for that, and yep. I would say that down in Mexico, Christian Dutois is a force to be reckoned with and you should interview him sometime. He is, um, he's just awesome. He, he represents that region of the world so well and his passion for grilling. Gosh, the guy makes me just so feel so bad for not posting as much as he posts when it, like all the food he, he's grilling and he's posting all the time. And I don't know, maybe I'm just not as, gregarious i don't know what that means anyway mm -hmm. i think christian's amazing i think that um jason pruitt is a is a, somebody you should be looking out for uh coming up the scene in, in the rubber ranks of, of grilling okay he works beneath uh 
Dustin Green, who uh, kind of heads up the Gorilla Academy down in the U.S. So there's a lot of people. And then there's, mm-hmm. you know, my my favorite, my all-time favorite, and I love her to death, it would be um, Kelsey Heidkamp. So Kelsey Heidkamp, her and I, the two of us, traveled through the whole Weber becoming a grill master together. Right. Okay. With the, and so Kelsey Heidkamp, I just love her. Awesome. As a human being. Yep. Uh, um, and then uh, you never got to meet him, but Felipe, who uh, Salcedo, he was a grill master down in Mexico before Christian. And um, we all became grill masters together. In fact, we all one day got one of these. And it's a, a grill master uh, plaque. Nice. Yep. I know your viewers can't see this yep, right now. Kind but of it's a, a cutting board, a charcuterie board looking kind of thing. Yep. Or a paddle. Paddle, yeah. That, yep. um, we all got these. Yep. And then, uh, and so Kelsey, myself, Felipe, uh, Dustin. And so uh, there's just a nice little army of grillers, mm-hmm. you know, that we like to run around and do our thing and, and sharing is caring. Yep. So, awesome. I'm trying to think any other shout outs. Uh, nothing that I do with the success gets done without a team of people working with me, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Damien and Jen and Anna and Tony. So awesome. That's it. Thank yeah, you. Man, I, it's one of those exceptions. I feel like I'm where, <laughs> the music going to kick in and yeah, kick me yeah. off. Yeah, that's right. It's time. <laughs> big hook, right. A big hook pull you off the stage. I got to ask you, what are, are you grilling anything today? Uh, pizza. Ooh, hey. Yep. Yes. Nice. And uh, what toppings? Are you kind of like, let's mound them all on? Or are you uh, kind of some- I got some pepperoni, uh, some salami. Noticed I had some cooked Italian sausage in the fridge and some prosciutto that we picked up yesterday at a local deli here. So might uh, slice some of that up and throw some of that on. So Beautiful. Yeah. Just well, depending I- what the weather's doing, it'll either be on the gas grill or the charcoal. Uh, we'll see what... Uh, I'm not even going to ask you what your favorite is, if it's gas or if it's charcoal, because I think you know the answer to that, which is charcoal for me. Charcoal. Absolutely. The gas, the gas is great when you don't have the time, you know, you just got to fire it up and cook. Right. But if I say, you know, over the years I've mellowed out on that whole, like it's got to be charcoal. It's got to, I, I, there is a time and a place for a gas grill. Absolutely. uh, I've got Mm -hmm. a friend in Halifax. His name's Afy. And there are times where he just wants to get some hot dogs on for the kids. Exactly. Um, and he doesn't want to go through, you know, lighting a chimney of charcoal for that that endeavor. So, yep. uh, you know what? If you've got a nice, reliable gas grill mm-hmm. and a nice charcoal grill, um, and, and heck, you can kick it up a notch and put a pellet there, yep. you have flavor profiles and versatility that will serve you well. But the key is keep the stuff clean. Keep these appliances clean mm. and they will work for you. For They will they will give back for years to come. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, and you know, you're talking about that Friday, this past Friday night, my wife and I both working all day, needed some dinner. It's uh, It was a bit of a thunderstorm here in the evening, rain pouring down. I wasn't going to sit out there and fire up a chimney full of charcoal to cook eight sausages, right? No. Fire up the gas grill, let her go. And I, I'm in and out of the house a couple times to check on them and flip them and pull them off. And, uh, I didn't get too wet. Right. So that's, uh, that's it. Exactly. I'm not ashamed to say I cook on a gas grill. It's uh, it's all good. Yeah. But you know what? You go and you post a picture of those oh, gas yeah. grills. 
sausages and all yeah, of a sudden. Get roasted. Like, Why do you use charcoal? Yeah, well, whatever. Like, Come on, man. You had to be there. Yep. You had to be there in the moment. Yep. People are going to hate. That's fine. Uh, yeah. You know what? Kill them with kindness. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, Michael, where can folks find you online, social media, all that good stuff? Well, uh, webergrillacademy.ca is a good place to go and kind of learn more about Damien and our menus and things that we do. And if we're touring again, that's where people would want to go. But we also live now heavily, both Damien and myself, on Weber Grills CA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that where there's Weber Grills, there's Weber Grills CA. And that's where we post a lot of videos. Um tutorials recipes inspiration ideas facebook you can go there again weber grills ca and um and i'd say that's a great start to kind of get to know where and how to get into i'm not giving you my cell number no that's fine come on okay. <laughs> uh last question i ask everybody it's uh it's dinner time you're firing up uh one one of the grills whichever uh is appropriate what's uh what's your go-to Wow, like my fridge is stocked and yeah, whatever you're cooking, cooking dinner for your uh, your wife and uh, and yourself. What's uh, what's the favorite? What's the go to? Yeah, she loves a, a good risotto with like a smoked chicken. Nice. So I might okay. you know take a, a whole chicken, smoke it, pull it, yeah, and then incorporate that into like a mushroom risotto. Mm. And I can use you know my wok on my grill so I can keep myself out there the entire time. Yep. Um, that's a nice go-to. And then a rotisserie, rotisserie anything. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm big on the rotisserie, particularly in the wintertime because it's cold outside. I mm-hmm. can just kind of set it and run inside and it's self-basting. Yeah. Um, so a leg of lamb. I really like that. Nice. Leg of lamb. Yeah. Um, my brother's also just, that's his go-to, the leg of lamb. Although it's not his go-to when I'm in town. Because <laughs> his go-to there is the, the sit back and... Let and, Michael uh, cook. <laughs> <laughs> car clean beer. Uh, i love you pete yep yeah yeah no i do uh do a prime rib on the on the kettle on the rotisserie and just love it so yeah yes and so yeah so we used to teach class where we'd take mustard and garlic slather the prime rib mm-hmm. yeah um sometimes we'd remove the rib cage mm-hmm. or the rib bones on yep. the back and slather some in there and tie them back on and then we would we rotisserated as well. There was yeah. that metal band on the charcoal. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Yeah. And the woodsy aroma, the color you get on the meat. Yeah. The, the the trick to that one is pulling it at around one eighteen, and and just under tented foil. Let it sit. Rest it. Yeah. And it comes up to that beautiful like New York style, you know, roast beef. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yep. Yeah. The only downside I find to doing the rotisserie is you don't get a lot of juice in a drip pan for, for gravy because, it, as you said, it's self-based, right? So it's never sitting to let the juices run out. That's But I'll take it. Yeah, that's where my dad, <laughs> like, we would reach for some bouillon, yeah, you know, you like, make your like own a and... syrupy beef, yeah. you know, and, but I, there's nothing quite like the dripping. Yeah. And then that's probably the first thing I my dad ever taught me was a roux mm-hmm. on how to make gravy, you yeah. know, a little bit like equal parts flour and butter, cook out the starch, yeah. hit it with the, the beef drippings. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, if it wasn't a slurry, it was a roux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, I thought we were going to wrap this up. Now we're talking about. <laughs> well, and actually you mentioned the walk on the, uh, 
on the charcoal, and I saw one of your Instagram, the waffle iron. Yeah. Where oh. I, now is that something available, or what's the uh, what's the story there? Uh, I just like lost the bet with somebody <laughs> because you has that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> hey, is that your dog? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I just want everybody listening right now to know that that's your dog. My dog. Yeah. He's um, a, seven months old. So. The waffle iron was something that a friend of mine had sent to me from Weber in, in Germany. Oh, okay. I don't believe they make the waffle iron anymore. Mm. Uh, it was a gourmet barbecue system mm-hmm. accessory. Yep. So where you can have a wok, a griddle pan, a sear grate. Yep. At one point, a gable skeever. Um, there was even a Korean barbecue, gourmet barbecue system at yep. one point. Um, it's just one of these items that kind of like keep you outside more. Yep. yep. Uh, and so I put it through a bit of a you know i've actually used it three times since then yeah made that, that waffle video yeah it's pretty awesome yeah looks uh looks pretty cool you can borrow it anytime you want <laughs> well, uh, yeah the shipping on that from ontario won't uh i'm sure it's nice and light eh? <laughs> yeah cast iron is always light <laughs> indeed yeah well michael uh, thank you so much uh this has been awesome great chatting with you again thanks for doing this on your birthday uh really appreciate it and uh, uh, look forward to hopefully the the mobile grill academy uh, being back in Calgary before long and uh, getting out to say hi. Uh, I would like nothing more to meet you in person, for sure. Uh, like face to face, human being to human being. Indeed, um, uh, been uh, missing uh, too much of that. So. Some barbecue together. Absolutely, looking forward to it. All right. Okay. Thanks, man. Thank you. You have a great night. Okay. You too. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Big thanks to Chef Michael Clive for joining me on his birthday, no doubt. No less, I should say, uh, this past weekend. I really enjoyed hearing about what's happening at Weber, of course, but also just to talk barbecue with Michael, a very interesting guy. Check the show notes for all the links on where to follow Weber Canada and Chef Clive. This portion of Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast is brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network and all of the great shows that are a part of the network. The APN has just recently added a number of podcasts to the lineup. One of those is Quantum Kickflip, which is an actual is an actual play podcast with the RPG game Slug Blaster. Here they are to tell you more. In the small prairie town of Hillview. In the center of town, Hillview's single traffic light shifts from red to green, which has no effect whatsoever as Main Street is, as usual, completely devoid of traffic. Bored teenagers use their modified hoverboards to sneak into other dimensions. An abandoned cityscape lives half buried in the sand. Welcome to the multiverse. It's dangerous. The entire right side of her body looks like uh, just a glitched out mess. It's stupid. And then I immediately uh, turn around and punch him. It's got parent groups in a panic. Just don't do it, okay? Hugs, not slugs. All right. Thank you. (laughs) And it's the coolest thing ever. This is Slug Blaster. Well, your funeral and ours, I guess. And then Angus points and fires. There's an explosion. A burst of slime goes flying. Your reign of terror has come to an end. It it kind of scrambles and glitches out. And you can see that this this is like a smoking crater where your ray gun hit. (laughs) Sick. (laughs) Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Check out www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for links to Quantum Kickflip and all of the other great shows on the network. I mentioned a few uh, of the exciting things happening in the Alberta barbecue community last week and just want to update a couple things. As I record this today, South Block Barbecue and Brewing is opening in Calgary and the new Big T's location in Airdrie also opens up today. Great stuff. 
On the competition front this coming weekend is the Smoke, Wind, and Fire KCBS competition down in Lethbridge. I'm really looking forward to this event, and if you find yourself down there, please, please be sure to stop by the Double Aces Backyard Barbecue site to say hello. Alberta has essentially removed all COVID restrictions, but we still need to stay careful. As of this evening, my whole family has received both doses of the vaccine, and I am incredibly relieved to have that done. Please stay safe out there, friends, and take care of each other. That's a wrap, everybody. See y'all next week. Hey, friends, thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. You can find me online at eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca. Check out the listing of joints on the Barbecue Trail site and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out and show your local barbecue joints some love. Give me a follow on Twitter at eatmorebarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at eat underscore more underscore barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and is a production of Eat More Barbecue Digital Media. Till next time, folks, keep on smoking. <laughs>